The Yesterday and Today podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun compilation of chronological source materials as they pertain to the Beatles. The show is in no way affiliated with Apple Corps, nor any organization connected to John, Paul, George, or Ringo in any way, though we do consider ourselves premier members of the Bungalow Bill fan club. So kick back, turn off your mind, relax, and download the stream. We hope you will enjoy the show. Yesterday and Today, 1969, Episode 29, January, Part 2 of 4. On January 10th, 1969, at Twickenham Film Studios, work continues on the Let It Be Get Back project. Good morning, Ringo. Good morning, Dick. How are you? Not so bad. Did they disturb your sleep? <laughs> Shoot it! Did you get, Did you get that bit? <laughs> Keep running, <laughs> bud. No honest reaction. The sessions turned out to be the toughest the Beatles ever endured. One, two, three, four. You and I have memories Other than the road that stretches The boardroom hassles over Apple business carried over into the studio, making the vibe incredibly tense. I mean, you know, Yoko's very much to do with it, you know. Because she's very much to do with it from John's angle, that's the thing, you know. And, I, and the, only, the thing is, like, there's, a, there's a, again, like, a, always only two answers. One is to fight it and fight her and try and get the Beatles back to four people without Yoko and sort of ask Yoko to sit down at the board meetings. Or else the other meeting is to, uh, the other thing is just to realise she's there, you know. And he's not going to sort of split with her just for our sakes. You know, and then, and, but not, uh, then it's not even so much of an obstacle then. 
as long as we're not trying to surmount it. Mm. While we're still trying to get over it, it's an obstacle. George and Paul's resentment of Yoko's presence in the studio added to that tension. John and Yoko's heroin problem clouded things as well. I never injected it, and uh, we sniffed a little, you know, when we were in real pain. I mean, we just couldn't. People were giving us such a hard time. Yeah. No, but we, we got such a hard time from everyone, you know. Yoko Overshirt, jeans and Celebrated Japanese actress. <laughs> <laughs> and I've had so much shit thrown at me and at Yoko, you know, especially at Yoko. People just... Uh, like Peter Brown in our office, after we come out for six months, he comes down and shakes my hand and doesn't even say hello to her. Now that's going on all the time, you know, and we get in so much pain that we have to, we have to do something about it, you know. And that's what, what happened to us, you know. We, we took H because of what the Beatles and their pals were doing to us. John hitched up with Yoko, he said, Yoko is now a part of me. In other words, as I have a right and left hand, so I have Yoko, that's me. And uh, wherever I am, she is. And that was a bit difficult to deal with. Suddenly she, she would appear in the control room. Nobody was saying anything to me. I wasn't even introduced to her, but she would just sit there. And um, her influence would be felt to begin with. Uh, everyone was irritated by it. I think a lot of people get to got the impression that whenever John talks these days, it's like how Yoko is talking to him. Or he shuts up and that's it, doesn't do it for him. And if that becomes a dream, not ever like talking to him like I'm talking to you now. No, I'm talking to Paul and I'm not talking to Linda. You know, but when you're talking to John, you always, these days, anyway, tend to think that you're talking to. Yoko more than you're talking to John. George Harrison, who perhaps even more than the others, also had a major problem with Yoko being in the studio. I would have expanded the Beatles, broken the myth, and and uh, get their pants off, you know, and stop being God. But it didn't work. It didn't work. And Yoko was naive. She came in, it would expect to perform with them like you would with any group. She was jamming, you know. But there'd be a sort of coldness about it. So. <laughs>
I mean, when I decided to leave the group, that's when I decided, you know. That I could no longer artistically get anything out of the Beatles, and I would... And here was somebody that could turn me on to a million things. You can quote Paul, you can look it in the papers. He said many times that at first he hated Yoko, and then he got to like her. It's too late for me, you know, and for Yoko, you know. Why should she take that from those people? You know, they're writing about her looking miserable in Let It Be. You sit through 60 sessions with the most big-headed, uptight people on earth and be insulted by it just because you love someone. As Ringo told me, he had a problem with Yoko being in the studio, too. I remember being freaked out with Yoko. Because we were very possessive of each other, you know. The four of us had been through a lot together, and we were very close most of the time. We weren't close all the time. And it went round, you know, I'd be close with John, I'd be close with George, I'd be close with Paul, they'd be close, we'd, John and I, and George would be close, Paul, John and George would be, you know, it went round in a lot of circles. But most of the time, four of us were very close. I don't know, I thought we were very possessive of each other in a way. You know, not like, you know, a mother's son thing, you know, but just with ourselves. And we didn't like strangers coming in too much. And that's what yoga was, you know, all said and done. She wasn't a stranger to John, but to the three of us, she was a stranger. And the wives and the girlfriends never came to the studio. That was where we were together. And I think that's why we worked so well, because it was just the four of us and there was no outside influence, unless we brought it in, like, you know, someone to come down and play on it, or make it flash past for an hour or so, because he had nothing to do, or whatever, you know, those things. But basically, it was just the four of us recording, and it was intense, you know, and dramatic, and we were trying to get the record done the best we could. We'd do a, one track for a week, you know, it takes a week to do one track, just a backing track sometimes. So Yoko came in, and that was fine, as John's relationship and we all said hello to her because she was with John but then she was sitting in the studio on his amp you know it's the great saying Yoko was sitting on John's amp but it's going to be such an incredible sort of comical thing like in 50 years time you know mm. they broke up because Yoko sat on an amp Besides, she sat in bed when she wasn't well one day in the studio, which freaked us all completely, because she was amazing, I mean, you know? I mean, the pair of them were amazing. They suit each other, I think. So we all got a bit weird, and, you know, I was wondering what was happening one day. So I was saying to John, you know, what is going on here? What is, you know, you're always together all the time. You know, it's freaking me out a bit. What's happening? He said, and he told me what they were trying to do. It's nothing to do with you, the listening public. But he told me what they were doing. So then uh, I was fine after that. I thought, I oh, well, okay. I mean, that's how he wants to do it. You know, that's fine with me. And then I sort of relaxed a lot around Yoko. I think she's hysterical. You're right, Richie. Again, difficult because, like Yoko saying yesterday, it's my opinion. This is my opinion how the Beatles should be. You know, which yeah. is it's an old lack of offer. Is that I thought we should just work a lot. You know, really, really get back into that sort of into the slog. Mm. You know, really just I mean a job. More, almost nine to five, nine. Because I know when I talk to. And then weekends off, so that there really are weekends. Then back on the slog and you know cursing that's what, it. That's what he was saying. Drags and the ups and the downs, but the work. achievements and the, the makes you work. Just the, 
Because John was saying the fact that you do work inspires you. That's what he was saying. Like I remember when they were doing the album, George was saying that it's so great working again. Working because you don't get inspired sitting at home reading the papers. You've actually got to work and get out and talk about it. In the group thing, you you're doing all those other things. When you're together, you mean? No, when you're at home. When you're at home, same thing. When you're together and you're actually in a studio working. Inspiration hmm. comes less out of work less always, less I think, than the as oh, opposed yeah. to... Especially if you've got it inside of you. Yeah. Going into the Get Back session, John felt McCartney was again trying to replace Brian Epstein as the Beatles' chief motivator. Here's how Lennon remembered it in his December 1970 conversation with Rolling Stone's Jan Wenner. Well, it was another one like Magical Mystery Tour that... Uh, well, so, to, I don't, you know, this is, uh, it's hard to say. In a nutshell, Paul wanted to, make, it was time for another Beatle movie or something. He wanted us to go on the road and do something, you know. And George, as usual, George, I'm going to go, we don't want to do it, you know, all that. And he sort of set it up and uh, there was all discussions about where to go and all that. And uh, I would just tag along and I had Yoko by then. I didn't even give a shit about nothing, you know. And I was stoned all the time, too, on age, etc. And uh, I just didn't give a shit, you know, and nobody did. I wish we could start hearing the tapes now, like, like do it and then hear what it is. <laughs> is it just because we don't feel like it, or is it, does the guitar sound all right, really? In order to get things together, Paul would try and get everybody organised and would be rather over-bossy, which the other boys would dislike. Oh, no. But it was the only way of getting together. John will go wafting away with Yoko. George will say he wouldn't be coming in the following day. It was just a general disintegration, disenchantment, if you like. To document the action, independent sound engineer Glyn Johns had been brought in at Paul's suggestion. Glenn had worked with The Stones, The Who, and Traffic, among others. In fact, back in April 1964, Glenn had worked as an engineer on the Around the Beatles TV special. On the film side, the director was Michael Lindsay Hogg, who'd come to fame in the mid-60s working on the legendary Ready, Steady, Go TV series. Paul had this idea that we were going to rehearse first. He always, he's more like Simon and Garfunkel, you know, like looking for perfection all the time. So he has these ideas that we'll rehearse and then make the album, you know, and of course we're lazy f***ers and we've been playing for 20 years for f***'s sake. We're grown men, we're not going to sit around rehearsing, you know, and I'm not. Anyway, we couldn't get into it. You know. And we put down a few tracks and nobody was in it at all. And it just, I don't know, it was just a, it was a dreadful, dreadful feeling. Uh, no, I've, I've lost my little paper. Yeah.
George Harrison walked out of the group after being supposedly victimised by Paul. As everybody knows, we never had much privacy. <laughs> and, you know, this thing that was happening was they were filming us rehearsing. There was a bit of a, a row going on between Paul and I. You can see it where he's saying, well, don't play this or something. And I'm saying, well, you know, I'll, uh, I'll play what you want or I won't play if you don't want it. You know, just make up your mind. That kind of stuff was going on uh, and they were filming and recording us having a row you know it was like it was terrible really It's not together, so that it's not sounding together, yeah, so we can even on, until we, or we can stop we and say it's not together. We, if we had a but tape the, recorder now, and it just tape down and play it out, you'd throw that out straight Yeah, right, away. but, yeah. you know. It's like, it's, it's complicated now, so, see, if we can get it simpler, and then complicate it where it needs complications, but it's complicated it's in the bit. It's but, no, but, yeah, I mean, you know. I mean, I'll play it. And then you the always get to annoying you. And I'm trying to help you, but I always hear myself annoying you. And I'm trying to, I get so I'm annoying you. But you know what I mean? I know, but you know. Because it'll take you longer. Okay, look, I'm not trying to say that. I'm not trying to say that. You know, you're doing it again as though I'm trying to say that. And what we said the other day, you know, I'm not trying to get you. Well, really, I'm trying to just say, look, lads, the band, you know, should we try it like this, you know? It's Thank you. 
I'm quite um, capable of being relatively happy on my own, and I'm and I'm not able to be happy in this situation. You know, I'm getting out of here. Eight days into the get back rehearsals, George Harrison decided he'd had enough of Paul's harsh criticisms and walked off the set, out of the studio. Ringo recalls the incident. George was right in more. He wanted things to go his way. Where when we first started, they basically went John and Paul's way. You know, because they were the writers, and George was finding his independence, and he wouldn't be dominated as much by Paul as he was, because Paul would, in the end, wanted to like point out the solo to George, and George said, "Well, I'm a guitarist, I'll play the solo," and he always did, you know. Um, you know, he always played fine solos for what our band was, you know. Like I played for what our band was. John's the greatest rhythm guitarist still, and he plays lead in a crazy sort of way. I think that was another factor, because George left with a big row with Paul, um, because Paul like wanted to point out how to play, because it was his song, you see. I mean, he had sort of a right, but no right at all to do that, you know, to say, I wrote the song. He got a bit like, I wrote the song, I want it this way, where before it was, I want the song, give me what you can give me. The whole pressure of it finally got to us, so instead of, you know, like people do when they're together, they start picking on each other. You know, it was like, it's because of you, you'd got the tambourine wrong that my whole life is a misery. You know, it became petty, but the manifestations were on each other because we were the only ones we had. Lennon also found McCartney's prodding and criticisms hard to take. And more than once during the sessions, John got the feeling Paul cared more about doing his own tunes than anyone else's. Like in the movie, when I got to do Across the Universe, Paul yawns, you know, and, and plays boogie and i mean you say oh does anybody want to do a fast one you know that's how i am you know so that year after year that begins to wear you down stop it stop it what a pause So what's our next uh, move? Let me split George's instruments. <laughs> 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 oh, <it's a> <laughs> what does what does he do? What does he do? Do you play guitar?
wants a mic. Leon. show, I mean, you would just say George was sick. No, I mean, if he leaves, he leaves. But what's the consensus? Do you want to go on with the show and the work? Yeah, yes. if he doesn't come back by Tuesday, we get clapped. What do the other lads feel? About just going on. Do it. Bloody mad. It's a funny thing to say, but if it's I don't know. I was, I was going to say if if it is if it, if George comes back, we go away, and if Clapton comes in, we stay here. It's, but I think if I, I said that we should go away. We should just go on. Though. I we should go away. As if nothing's happened. Yeah. No, no, no. 
might ever lose your love, dear. Why do you do me this way? This is roll number 449, 449. Everything's wrong and nothing ain't right without you. You got me singing the blues. Yeah. Take it, Billy. Mike's gone off. You got me singing the blues. Yeah. Are you trying to get away, John? Have you stopped playing? I've been waiting. I thought he's playing. I'll hang on. He's he's enjoying himself. I'll wait for him. But oh no. We're we're sitting here grooving. We're off now. <laughs> sitting here grooving, grandma washing my toes. Yes, I'm sitting here grooving. Wow, grandma. did you see that? Keep it in, listen. I do a lot of this. I used to be a gymnast. <laughs> we, we can, we can rig, rig gymnasium, that up. I you know. <laughs> listen, if you two dance, and he does that, RS, what are you going to do? I'm going to get you a <laughs> Circus, yes. Get the, we can get the who back. There are four men in the who. Get this coat off, Bill. Can we, can we, I love that coat, Paul. Can we grab Ringo's coat? Thank you. Where, where did you get it? Bonner Clouts. There's a foot for you. Ah. Near Bonner till May's out. And never the it's, it's, it's looking like rehearsal's over. Would I be right in feeling yeah, that? I, feel I think uh, your general attitude is right. right. Is right. Right. I got a feeling too that that's it. Well, are we meeting again on Monday? Yeah. Just as chickens. I'll have Eric, Jimmy, and Tommy. Line up. A7, D7, G7. Get them off over the weekend and you're in. <laughs> See you Saturday or Sunday. That's a good idea. If, if Maureen learns to play the guitar, that she can be. I always feel funny what to do with this at the end of something like that. Stick it up your ass. Or smoke it. That's a lot of people are doing. Or eat it. Goodbye. See you Monday. Yes, good night, everybody. It's a wrap. It's a wrap, fellas. I would say that's a wrap. So, three guys are going to Tripoli on Monday to look over that scene. That's right, Michael. And, uh, Looks like that.
have this well documented. Sure. And the shot's the empty cushion. Groovy. And I guess that's it. And gotcha. Have a nice, Groovy, man. Have a nice meeting. Okay, Daddy. And I hope everything really goes well. Adios. I'd like to say I've enjoyed our week together. Groovy, Chunky. Hope one day we can have another one like <laughs> surely, you. Surely, surely. Why not? So long. <laughs> Throughout the weekend, Paul worked on producing and mixing Mary Hopkins' up-and-coming album. Ah, oh, no, it's Derek. Uh, the Puppy Show, Supper Show, hmm? should be a Mary Hopkins single, Rush release, and that is not an opinion, love Max Wax. Yeah, that was the best one I heard at the studio. Puppy Song? Yeah. I mean, the other one... I still don't really... think it's a single, though. I think it's like a good album. Well, out of the five you played, that was the most enjoyable. Mind you, I still haven't heard the LP. Yeah. So busy when you get See, home sleeping and laying around. <laughs> terrible. You got a copy, didn't you?
On Monday, January 13th, the day after the group meeting at Ringo's house, Glenn Johns and Michael Lindsay Hogg asked Ringo and Paul what had happened. What is it? How was the meeting? The meeting was fine. A lot of good things, but then, you know, they all sort of fell apart in the end. Well, I think, you see, yeah, okay, so we go on talking like this forever, but I think for, for them to be able to compromise, I have to be able to compromise first. Then they'll be able to, or else they have to be able to compromise first. And but it's, it's silly, neither of us compromise. Yeah, but for, it's, it's it is at is least one stage better. If, if I can start to compromise, then maybe they can feel that they'll bend a little for me then. Yeah, but if her being around so much has caused a lot of the oh, trouble, that you're compromising already. And you've made a lot of your compromise. <laughs> you know what I mean? What, by, yeah, by, by, by the <laughs> right, yeah. omnipresence. I think it's because we've thought that the only alternative would be for John just to say, OK, well, see you then. You know, and we've not wanted that to happen. No. It's, just, it's incredible, I mean, we hustle each other like mad, you know. We, uh, we probably do need, really, sort of a central daddy figure to say, <clears throat> you know, nine o'clock. None of the girls. <laughs> Leave your girls at home, lads. Mm. You know, we're all like, all right. <laughs> I don't know, we might, though. Never know. But work is work.
On the same day, three days after George left the group, on the 13th, Apple releases a new Beatles album. The Yellow Submarine album was released in the U.S. It's the soundtrack to the cartoon movie Yellow Submarine. It took EMI six months to decide whether to put out the four new songs on an EP, as the Beatles wanted, or if they could stretch it out to an LP with the inclusion of two older songs and George Martin's film score music. The first song was the title, Yellow Submarine. In the town where I was born Lived a man who sailed to sea And he told us of his life in the land of submarines So we sailed up to the sun Till we found the sea of green And we lived beneath the waves In our yellow submarine We all live in a yellow submarine Yellow submarine Yellow submarine We all live in a yellow submarine Yellow submarine Yellow submarine And our friends are all aboard Many more of them live next door And the band begins to play All Together Now was mostly a warm-up exercise, which turned into a song. It was done back in the summer of 1967 during the recording of Magical Mystery Tour. One, two, three, four, can I have a little more? Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, I love you. A, B, C, D Can I bring my friend to T? E, F, G, H, I, J I love you Boom, 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 boom Sail the ship Boom, boom, boom Chop the tree Boom, boom, boom Skip the rope Boom, boom, boom Look at me All together now 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 All together now
together now. All 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 together now. Black, white, green, red. Can I take my friend to bed? Pink, brown, yellow, orange, and blue. I love you. All together now. All together now. All together now. All together now. Together now from Yellow Submarine. The first of the new songs, which the Beatles half-heartedly wrote, was penned by George when he was feeling cheated by his contract with Northern Songs.
The second George Harrison song, the last new song on the album, was done back at the beginning of the sessions for the White Album. George says it was written in a childlike manner from realizations that appeared during and after some LSD experiences and which were later confirmed in meditation. In the soundtrack of the film, they only used the first verse and added another second verse which is not in this version.
The soundtrack music written by George Martin was not done in the usual way, which is to take a score already complete and recorded, and then do the animation to it, such as in Disney's Fantasia. George had to write the music as the producers made the film. It seemed a nightmarish task at first, but in the end, George completed the 55 minutes of music for the feature. Actually, the music on the album Yellow Submarine is not the same as the track in the film. It was recorded for the LP later, using the same orchestra. Here's one section called The Sea of Monsters, where the yellow submarine is sucked up along with the whole screen. The score proved very successful and earned George Martin loads of fan mail and commissions for other film scores. For more information or to contact the show, visit yesterdayandtodaypodcast.wordpress.com or email at yesterdayandtodaypodcast at gmail.com. Also visit at yesterdaypod on Twitter and search Yesterday and Today Podcast on Facebook. See you next time! I'm Paul Kaminsky. And I'm James Kaminsky. And we are the co-hosts of the Third Men Podcast. We are a Jack White history podcast where we go over the White Stripes, Third Man Records, the list goes on. And occasionally, we do a funny voice or two. So you're going to probably want to get used to that. Or turn it off. Whatever your preference. Or whatever turns you on. (laughs) Hey now, you're an all-star, because occasionally... We'll do an all-star podcast. We did do an entire Smash Mouth episode once. That is true. (laughs) We are every other week on Wednesdays, and we are available on iTunes and really wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, so why don't you come on and find yourself a little home here with us? We promise we'll be weird roommates. If I want to do the dishes without my pants on, that's my deal. That was weird. See? We weren't (laughs) even lying.